0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Temple of the False Bod. We're not-optimized, but sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, and today, you ready? We've got a... Yeah. Decktail. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, our decktails are just deck decks that we like to tell little stories about. Get it? Decktail. tale. And DuckTales is a popular animated children's show from the 90s? Featuring Scrooge McDuck and his, and Donald's nephews. What's the relationship between Donald and Scrooge? Do you know? I don't. Okay. Well. They're from but the same duck family. Maybe. Is it like, I think Scrooge McDuck is Donald's uncle, but not Huey, Dewey, and Louie's father. So just like a different uncle, different parents, sibling. I don't know. I think uh, it doesn't matter. Really, who gives a duck? There you go. <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> lost track of what we were talking about, but it's a deck tale, and Bruce brought a deck.
1: You want to tell us about Glissa, the traitor? Let me tell you about Glissa, the traitor. So uh, it costs uh, black, green, green. It's a 3-3 with first strike and death touch. Whoa, a 3-3 for three? That's some pretty good value. And it's first strike and death touch. Wow. And, uh, wow, you know, it's rare to find two creature abilities that work so well together. Um, So whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. That's what Glissa does. You can take a wild guess without even going and clicking the link as to what my deck does. You will be not you will not be surprised to find out there are a lot of artifacts and a lot of ways to kill my opponent's creatures or make them sacrifice those creatures or somehow make them put the creatures into the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: as always, we've got deck lists provided in the description. Yeah. Uh, where do we even begin with this? This I I love as you said, first strike and death touch as As a thing like it's just a great great thing especially as a 3-3 i think that really makes it even more powerful because you can block with three
1: creatures and glissa still kills them all it's funny with this i've had other decks where you know i use glissa aggressively and this one is not one of those uh it very much sits back and plays defense i'm not willing to risk swinging glissa in to have somebody you know Give some kind of surprise block and cause issues. Or just let it through. Mm. And take take a tiny little three points of commander damage, which in the greater schemes is a re- scheme of things is irrelevant, and look, now it's tapped. And it the first strike death touch doesn't mean anything. Having it sitting there as a blocker means no one is swinging anything that doesn't fly or have some other kind of evasion. That's this fair. This thing just <laughs> takes creatures out and... People just aren't willing to throw their stuff away Um, especially when I have an ability that says by the way when you were creature when you swing at me and your creature dies I then can take an artifact out of the graveyard and put it in my hand so um, Yeah. yeah if you're always always only ever taking stuff out of your graveyard and putting it in your hand it's never that oppressive dominating feel that you can get from other decks that take it from the graveyard and put it directly into play you're always going to have to recast it, so it's not as though I'm going to get to sneak some, you know, massive artifact into yeah. the graveyard and then get to pl- get to put it onto the battlefield for free.
0: You're not it's getting not like
1: that.
0: you're not getting a cityscape leveler every turn,
1: you know? Right, it's not <laughs> happening because it, it's going to go to your hand, and then you have to pay for it. So, um, realistically, the deck in the early game plays pretty much like everybody else you want to get some stuff in your graveyard but primarily you're ramping like crazy mm. you need to ramp for this deck cuz if you want to play out those cards you have to be able to cast them um, this deck doesn't run a whole lot of shortcut ways to get stuff onto the battlefield you just get the mana and cast it so um, you know so for your worm coils and your and your steel hell kites and all that sort of thing you just need the mana so yeah um, i will say the ramp the ramp package is Tailored with Gliss's ability in mind. I mean, uh, your, Wayfarer's Bobble is cute, but it's far more effective when you can get it back in your hand and play it back out again and do it again. Um, and the same go. I mean, I've got Wanderer's Twig in here, and, you know... A what now? Probably <laughs> a... Exactly. Wanderer's Twig is a one-mana artifact, and for one, you can sack it, search your library for a basic, reveal it, and you put it in your hand, okay. so it's not ramp, but it guarantees you're dropping a mana every turn. It's yeah, um, it's the less exciting half of rampant growth, right? So, for a lot of folks, they're gonna look at this and be like, "No, I don't think so," and I completely understand that. But it's in here because it caught co- because the cheap it's the cheap cost. Like Deathrite Shaman is another one. Uh, it looks at the stuff that's in, in the graveyard because I'm constantly putting stuff in the graveyard and using that as mm-hmm. a way to ramp. And, you know, so that's sort of be- so that's sort of a benefit there. Um, and the other one, like Lotus Petal is in here. It's in here because I have it. Yeah. But, you know, and why not? It's free. So yeah. you can always put it in your hand and basically you're putting it right back onto the battlefield. Uh, and Revel and Riches, I also have another ramp. I'm never sure whether this should be in ramp because it costs five to begin with. But uh, I mean, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you get a treasure. Well, that's what this deck does. Yeah. It's trying to kill opponents creatures. This is, you know, so why not get the benefit for doing what you're already trying to do? So
0: yeah. Revel and riches for me is always that balance of like, am I using this for ramp or am I using this for tertiary value? And like, it's never about the wing condition. For me, no. because like nobody wants to do that. I mean, plenty of people do, and it, good for you, I guess. Uh, but it, it just feels so one-note. Uh, having done it once, I'm like, "Yeah,
1: I did it, okay, and achievement unlocked. Yeah, um, I, I felt the same way. I, I've done it once with this deck. Yeah. And after that, it was, you know, every time you play it, it's like, I have no intention of trying to use the win con. You know, just know that I will be... Burning, burning these treasures up as fast as I can get them.
0: Right. Um, so. And it's interesting. So, you built this deck. Like, when was the last time you updated this deck? I guess is more of the question.
1: Uh, I would, I suspect Dominaria, because the Eldest Reborn is, in, is part of my removal package. Okay. So, oh, I and, think that's probably the most recent update.
0: Yeah, and Generous Patron from Battle Bond. Okay. Um, yeah, it seems like anything else is probably
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm <clears throat> again I think this deck could be a lot better if I had gone through and made the updates. Right. Um
0: and I mean like I think it would drastically change if you made the updates. I think that there's like plenty of things now that would play with the treasure stuff or at least like
1: Yeah.
0: artifacts leaving the battlefield. Um like that's that, a whole other way that you could go with this <clears throat> is the the egg type archetype of like small things to yeah. crack for value to then bring back and crack for value again
1: right um, and and i mean when you look at the when you look at the list there is plenty of chaff in the list it's not like there aren't cards in here that could easily come out i already mentioned wanderer's twig i mean a quick glance viridian longbow does not need to be in this deck uh, i mean you know it's cute uh, you know tap a creature to do a point of damage to another creature uh, okay but it's that's just not good enough
0: I mean I think that like as as a fanatic of Viridian Longbow uh, it is nice to A. have it in here with a Varaska. uh oh no yeah. Verasca's combat Earth.
1: damage anyway uh, well it's nice to have it in there with Vadi Ildal. yeah uh, I mean who you know can tr- can turn a, a target creature's power or toughness to one right i
0: mean um but i mean even beyond that you could attach it to Galissa, and then as it comes to your turn yeah kill something um and i think that like those are great tools to have in this because it does end up becoming more of turning your graveyard into your hand um, right like almost literally at this point uh because if you can for free activate glissa kill something for free get something back from your graveyard into your hand it's essentially part of your hand yeah. um and so like i think even that like is is pretty good um you know you've got things like quietus spike which may be more of the the type of thing where it's like well that could come out if i wanted to you know um but uh i do love i do love this deck for its lack of like specific uh package if that makes sense like yeah like i feel like with with cards like glissa there's generally speaking like four or five cards that you want to go search for to get into your graveyard to get into your hand like the whole essentially tutoring for win condition and then winning Um, right but with this it does seem much more toolboxy where it's like i'm going to use glissa throughout the game to generate tools so that i can deal with my opponent's threats and then somehow figure out the win as we go Um, yeah which I know is, generally speaking, how you like to build decks anyway. Right. Because you like having that, like, structured through line, um, but also right. figuring out how to, like,
1: adapt. Right. Um, and at the same time, I don't want the same route every right. time. Yeah. This is, uh, like, <clears throat> so every single Gliss of the Trader deck should have execution as Right. Um, like for those who don't know Executioner's capsule is a black artifact it costs one black mana for one in a black you tap it and sack it to destroy target non-black creature with glissa out what this means is you when you sack it it's in the graveyard then you destroy an opponent's creature which lets you bring an artifact back to your hand executioner's capsule pay the black it comes back into play You can then immediately pay one and a black to tap, sack it again, and destroy another another non-black creature. Again, it's already in the graveyard. It comes back to your hand. You can play it out again. So the loop is only limited by the number of non-black creatures and the amount of mana you have. But it's one of these key cards, and it's part of the reason I do not have tutors in this deck because to me, that's one of the cards I would go for every single time because it just it makes it lets glissa do what glissa wants to do mm. and you know and it it's just sitting out there and everybody knows it's like okay well just i'm just waiting it's give yeah. me a reason to use it and it's interesting
0: too cuz like with with that kind of <clears throat> cycle I, I i hesitate to call it uh like a combo because like it they do it, it's a combo in the strictest sense of the word where like it creates an engine i guess that's that's the word it's an engine uh where you ca- like it does bring itself back until the right the board is clear but you need that what is it two mana to like or three mana well, to need, like you need activate. Three mana to yeah. loop it um and it doesn't hit everything which is the other thing um yeah but i've it definitely been misses a lot yeah i've definitely been in games where i am not playing black and i know hard to hard to imagine uh where i'm not playing black and i do get stuck in that like okay now i just need to figure out how to deal with glissa because like that's that's the problem you know Is like right um and i like it's not by any means overbearing <laughs> Um, it's a strong combo, but it's not like, "Oops," you know, um, which I love. I love that about your decks, anyway. Yeah, um, and, and I, on top I, of that,
1: it's it is three mana to do the to to cast it and use it. So if you want to cast it, use it, and then cast it out again, that's four. And realistically, you don't want to have you don't want to run out of mana, right? So if you're looking at three mana to loop it, well. Okay, how many creatures? If I've got nine mana, I can get rid of three creatures. Well, if I have nine mana, there are, there's probably a pile of creatures on the board, and taking out three of them is only just a start. Right. And you have to cast it, so it has to be on your turn, and now you've used up all of this mana on your turn. So when you pass to your opponent, what's going to happen? I mean, uh, you know, there, there is, you know... It has limited use, um, and I think this is uh, sort of a running theme with this deck. It, fe- it just feels like there's a lot of times where it can do great things, but there, there always seem to be, seems to be some kind of a restrictor. There's a limiter on what it can do and how, how far it can go, and you know maybe it can sort of lock the board a little, but not quite. And so there's always the opportunity for the opponents to be doing stuff and, and taking you out. The deck is strong, but it's not... It's definitely not impossible to beat.
0: Yeah. Um, it's... It's a fascinating deck where I think it always surprises me how quickly it can take off. Um, granted, you know, three mana commander makes sense. Um, right. And honestly, like, green, green, black isn't that hard to come up with on
1: turn three. Um, oh, it- I can't recall I don't recall the last game where I couldn't play this on turn 3. Right. Um, my mana base has a lot of duels because I want to see this thing come out on turn 3 all the time. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there's a ton of them. I mean, what, I think there's yeah, there's only four basic forests in the deck. Right. So. And 14 swamps. Yeah. Right, and 14 swamps. So it, you know, I should be able to find two green and a black yeah in first in the first three yeah, so
0: especially with the ramp that you have and especially with the card draw that you have um and it's it's always fun too because like beyond that like even if it does take you further than turn three to get glissa out because you can't get glissa out with the soul ring so there goes that ramp
1: yeah. um
0: and you know Signets aren't gonna help you with glissa uh or at least like ramping into Glissa because you're going to be playing a Signet on turn two unless you get the turn one Soul Ring, uh, right? And then, so turn three, you're playing your third land. Yeah, you would have played it, like it's just going to help you get that extra value. Uh, and oh yeah,
1: most of the ramp is there to help you with it, with everything else that you're looking to cast. Yeah. So.
0: And and like I said, like I love that this has like there's not a single thing that you're trying to get back from the graveyard with glissa you're looking for ways to deal with your opponent's threats you're looking for um, ways to improve your board state especially with like uh Vidalcan ori like with Vidalcan ori glissa and the the bow what is it the the viridian longbow like yeah you like that really sells how much your graveyard is part of your hand because at any moment you can get your answer out of your graveyard yep. put onto the battlefield um yeah um i do love though the the higher end threats here you've got the vulture zombie the steel Hellkite, the worm coil engine uh but also things like Windgrace's grace's judgment which is just like
1: excellent um the nice part with Windgrace's grace's judgment is when you have glissa out a mass removal spell that takes out all of your opponent's creatures. Very useful. But you probably don't have enough artifacts in your graveyard to put back in your hand to take full advantage of that. Whereas Windgrace's Judgment, it's a four-player game. You've got three opponents. You don't have three artifacts in your graveyard? I bet you do by the time you're playing Windgrace's Judgment. Yeah. And it's instant speed, so you can snatch them up at the end of your opponent's turn and then play them out on your turn. So it it, it works out you know, it's a really nice removal spell yeah
0: i i like <laughs> it's gonna sound bad uh here's here's my uh christmas carol of the day my my magical christmas land story that i i'm hoping for you play glissa your opponents have so many so many creatures right you've got lotus petal in the graveyard play a mass removal spell all those go on the stack every stack and oh yeah sorry i forgot to mention you have the vdalkan ori out every everything on the stack you get the lotus Petal back play it instant speed (laughs) crack it and then resolve through and you just continue (laughs) and now you've got a bunch of mana that you can play into uh nothing (laughs) well you get Uh, the shimmer mirror out Oh, there you. And go. And then everything gets flash, and then you can just play whatever. Oh, there you go. You don't even need the Ori. You've got the the two dollar shimmer mirror. Um, yeah. Which wow, Vodalkenori's come down in price. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, you've got all these things. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I think this deck is missing is like a like a mana sink. So like I, I keep I keep mentioning this, right? like this this idea that you could have you could very easily have a package of things that you want in your graveyard to then pull from. Rather than this toolbox, uh, you have set cards of like, okay, like I always want to go for artifact uh, cityscape level. Well, I guess yeah. even that, that would be great in this deck. I'm trying to think of like things that will win the game on the spot anyway. Uh, this deck is much more refined to the idea that each card that is an artifact because like this deck wants to be focused around artifacts which is good but those artifacts in this deck don't want to do that one purpose of like like they want to like be able to be pick and chosen like i'm Feel like I'm not making sense, but like <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm
1: looking at incremental value. Yeah, you know, none, none of these cards. It, it's pretty rare that one of these cards is going to come out and just turn the entire tide of the game. Like it's just going to stop the game and and shift it dramatically. It's just slow, steady, incremental gain. Now it's like yeah, I did this. Okay, now it's in the graveyard. Now it's back in my hand. Now I've played it out again. Yeah, I'm pushing get a little more value, keep keep the churn going. I I I always come across with this deck. It's like, yeah, Bruce is doing stuff. But it's not going to kill me yet. Yeah. So, I mean, quite a, I I think one of the more common uh, uh what game-ending threats that I end up having is like etch champion with a Sword of feast and famine on it. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's, you know. Uh, I mean, in the end, then I'm getting a four-four, but yeah. more importantly, I'm getting to untap my mana.
0: Whenever I see a meteor golem in your decks, it's generally being cheated in, and not as yeah. like, like oh, but you know, with Grenzo, it's obviously being flipped from the bottom. Yep. With uh, Emil, it's just being flickered. Uh, yeah, but in this, you don't really seem to
1: have a way to just put it on the
0: battlefield
1: no um, no you pay the seven and then when it dies you have you to put it back s- in your hand again. eventually and pay seven more to do it again it um, it's there because it was the artifact and because I can recur it but man it yeah it's a tough pill to swallow mimic that baby <laughs> well yes that's certainly uh, that's one way to get around for, for most of the stuff so
0: yeah um love the inclusion of a dead bridge chant always love a six mana enchantment that can really turn the game with just uh luck i guess
1: uh, yeah and and i've uh i long ago just gave up on the idea that it was ever going to actually do something uh helpful beyond load my graveyard
0: yeah six mana ten is excellent
1: yes because I, I, I appreciate, it. like, for folks who don't know, it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, choose a card at random from your graveyard. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put it in your hand. Maybe it works for other people, but Dead Bridge Champ, for me, consistently finds something other than a creature. So it goes in my hand. That's great. Maybe it's a land. Maybe it's whatever. Um, so there's some benefit there, but primarily it's to get the cards in the graveyard in the first place. So... I don't worry about the second benefit. I worry about getting the ten cards in. Once they're in, somebody goes goes through and disenchants it or destroys it in some way. All right, it's already done what I wanted it to do. If it sticks around for an upkeep and gives me adds a card to my hand, so be it. Um, and for the most part, a lot of the cards that end up in my graveyard are my lands because I have a yeah. lot of sack lands in this one, uh, primarily there for uh, deathrite shaman, but if Deadbridge champ wants to put a sack land back in my hand so i can play it out sack it again for something for another land i'll take that yeah yeah i mean that's all i got for questions for the current iteration of the deck uh is
0: Sorry. there anything else you want to highlight here
1: i, I love vulture a zombie okay and i appreciate that it's probably a card that isn't specifically good in this deck other than I'm trying to kill off my opponent's creatures so it gets more counters that way but um the counters on this on on vulture zombie because it's opponent into any opponent's graveyard from anywhere so discard counts and everything everything counts the the the, i mean you can use a spin down because you're practically spinning it that fast Mm. to count up the plus plus one counters that go on this thing i really like it it's very basic, it's pretty straightforward, and it doesn't have any kind of protection, so it oftentimes just dies. But, um, yeah, I love this. I love that card, and I think it's uh, it's it's created more threatening board states than, than a lot of the other <laughs> cards on the board uh, or in the deck.
0: Yeah, what I find fascinating about Vulture Zombie is I think it would trigger a lot more than I would realize considering, like... Anything off of like impulse draw eventually goes to the graveyard. Yeah, kind of sometimes, uh, and so right. like you really have to kind of pay attention to that. But also with uh, tokens being so ubiquitous, it's yeah. going to trigger a lot less than you would. I think it would might feel bad more recently than it would yeah, have probably. Yeah, I don't think
1: it. I don't think it's been getting better. Right, um, but uh, it. I'll regularly go. You know, it doesn't. Seeing ten plus one plus one counters get added to a card. In a, in a round, is not unheard of. That's, right. I mean, it just doesn't take that much. Uh, I mean, what even Wingrace's Windgra- judgment alone is going to take is going to add three counters to it, and that's before anybody else does anything. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really nice too to have. It being at 5 mana, because I think like yeah. it's going to attract the ire of uh, your opponents and be the target of their removal, which is always yeah. nice to have when it's like, look over here so you don't kill Glissa, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, t- um, sure, take out Glissa, and he, he just just going to keep getting bigger by the way what card did you use to take out glissa oh right it was a spell i'll put another counter on the zombie yeah yeah um it's nice yeah so, so looking to the future what yes. is what's your immediate with this deck like what do you immediate what do you, future yeah well the immediate future is the library card catalog oh uh this deck is uh this deck is coming apart um it uh, I've had it for a long time, and unfortunately, it just I'm at the point now where I feel like it plays the same way. Too often, it's it, too frequently it it bogs down against opponents that are just black, or that have just black creatures because it doesn't do enough. It, it, it's all a lot of it is so much of it is non-black. Yeah, um, it uh, I feel like it plays the same way. I I mean I think it could have. I probably could have given it a major overhaul, changed a lot of the cards in it, you know, or made a made a conscious decision, be like, Okay, Glissa and everything else is artifacts and just forced it that way. And you know, just to try something different. I I think there were options, but at the time it just it was the least fun of the decks that I had and I had a new deck coming and well, trying to keep to fifteen decks, so new deck comes one deck's got to go so right now it's uh, like i said it's sitting it's sitting in the card catalog um and at some point it'll come back um probably not in this exact iteration i suspect i will upgrade significantly but uh yeah it was you know it it, it was time it was time so are you replacing it with another golgari deck your <coughs> yeah new i deck replaced it, i replaced it with mazarek
0: oh okay yeah uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Mazarek soon. Oh yeah very uh, soon <laughs> very soon. <laughs> so with with it going away, yeah, uh, I think it's much easier to think about upgrades. It's easier to think about yeah. things that you would do differently, say next time uh, because like normally I'd ask like oh how how what you, what is your upgrade strategy what is what are you taking out and putting in? To make this do what you want it to do more. Um, but obviously with, with it being taken apart it's much easier to think about how would I build this differently because it's, it's essentially from the ground up. Um, what, what would you like to see more from this deck knowing the direction of green and black has gone over the past, to say, five years since
1: Dominaria. The fundamentals of the deck, you know, your ramp package, your card draw. I could definitely just go straight artifact. It just isn't that hard anymore. There's there are enough ways to to make that work. Um, when the deck comes back, I'm seriously thinking considering a Voltron option. Um, I didn't want to do that this time because I already have a couple of decks. That, that already go down that route and I don't want all of them going down that route but I think Glissa the traitor with a pile of swords with uh, you know I mean the swift boots and the lightning greaves are already there the whisper silk cloak is already there it really wouldn't be that much work to add in a few more pieces of equipment which when someone gets rid of them will get played right back out again because it's Glissa um, I think that it can loop around. Um, I still think that would create a gameplay situation where um, you, know, you swing in, do significant damage, uh, or you know, get close to killing someone where, where there's still plenty of opportunities for opponents to do things back, to, to allow for a back and forth. Um, I think the worst thing is you know, if you're running Voltron and then suddenly you realize you've got a Voltron, that that's a, that's a one kill it's a one kill engine. I don't want that. So, um, so it's, that's, I think sort of the way I'm looking at. Um, but I mean, there's so many, so many cards.
0: I think it's interesting because it's very easy to, from, from today's perspective to go more of the, at least for me, maybe like you, you went the Voltron route. I think, personally i would think of it of going more of the like the like aristocrat route but like the the artifact based aristocrat route you know we've got things like nadir agent of the Mm decimal which we've had a whole episode about uh a deck that i have based around this where itself gets bigger when a token you control
1: leaves the battlefield granted this is less token based currently but like yeah well yeah, That can change dramatically, especially when you're looking at card drawing, you're looking at artifacts. I mean, I don't think it's that difficult to start making a pile of clues. Something like, a, um, you know, when you start figuring out, what is it, assembly worker? Yeah. Uh, it just... Uh, no, uh, ba ba, ba, ba It's not assembly worker. Academy working. manufacturer. Thank you. Um yeah. It just... It, things can spiral very quickly. Um, yeah. One thing I wouldn't change is... There would be a temptation to put in the the more expensive artifacts you know the ones that dominate a board um but that only really makes sense if i've got a way to cheat them into play right and glissa kind of kind of nullifies that right off the bat yeah it it wants you to put them in your hands so i don't really want a pile of cards that are going to cost a fortune like we already said Meteor Golem is tough if the only option I've got to cheat it into play is a uh, um, yeah. So if you're relying yeah. on mi- mimic that as your only option, well, <laughs> ugh, that's not that's not yeah. really where you want to go. So. Um,
0: and it's interesting too because with, with my Nadir idea, like it, so, it makes Nadir bigger mm-hmm. as tokens leave, but also when Nadir leaves, you make a wide board state to kind of like protect yourself until you get anything back online or just go with that um and then i was like oh but like you know then i would rather like maybe with nadir being more of a focus have nadir be the the commander and then i'm like well then that just changes the deck entirely Um, yeah but it's so interesting to think about this and try to not change Glissa. And I think that, I think you're on the right track with like, if you're going to rebuild this to go that route of um, Voltron. Yeah. And I think with that, you would then need to add vigilance. Uh, our, our favorite word. Yeah. Uh, because this does heavily rely on. Oh, What's yeah. Was it doing the thing? it's either you gotta go vigilance or gotta go lure and uh, who likes playing
1: lure (laughs) yeah I mean given the number of uh, indestructible creatures that are floating around it you know or shield counters first first strike death yeah or shield counters first strike death touch well now suddenly you need trampler flying just to get through and it just it makes things difficult but uh, no I think I think there's I think there's, I think there are all kinds of options, um, and I would be curious to see, uh, just to see this deck as straight, straight artifact, um, and you know how fast can I ramp? You know, start looking at a pile of treasures and, uh, in the hopes that I'd be able to cast two or th- you know three or four different things every turn. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it, uh, we'll see what happens in the, in the next uh, in the next year or so. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to add to this? Uh, not really. I think uh, I mean, Glissa had a seven year run. Uh, it was, uh, it, it's been around a while. And uh, saw a few, a few edits and probably could have seen a few more uh, if I were to you know, if I'm just changing a handful of cards it's a lot yeah. of that non-black removal I think is where I would go. I'd want to change that uh, I mean, Chupacabra was always supposed to get into this thing and never did, so. Yeah. But, oh well. Um, yeah,
0: that's always tough, too, because it's like, then, how, like, do you want to recur the Chupacabra? It's all these things, you know? And how do
1: you recur the Chupacabra? So, right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's great. I love this deck, as I said. Uh... <laughs> i i just love the i love the the design space that they played with here that i feel like we don't get nearly enough of lately because i think we are just like so we get so many legendary creatures every every set that i feel like a lot of them tend to end up being either too vague or too restrictive and i think that this does a good job of like being that middle point of like how we like to build decks where right it does a thing generally rather than a thing specifically yeah um yeah i don't know i think that makes sense so. cool all right um i think that's gonna do it for us this week uh the wonderful deck
1: tale
0: we'll be back next week probably with another deck tale uh, uh, so thank you for listening thank you for watching if you're watching on youtube because we got the cards on the screen we got these cool little boxes around our face uh, we got this cool background that's like moving fog it's it's rad if you're not watching on YouTube go go click that subscribe button and in fact if you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed do it do it uh, but uh, thank you uh, we're Temple of False Pod. where decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun I'm Andy I'm Bruce that's Bruce thank you for watching uh, play some magic for me have a great night and may your fifth land be the temple wait wait before you go I just wanted to say thank you for listening you can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on twitter at falsepodmtg Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at Andy Weekend. though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your Fitland the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce?
1: Bye!